Are you ready to learn more about promoting play, defending childhood, empowering caregivers? Save 10% on professional development at explorationsearlylearning.com and support the show with the coupon code OOL. Click the link in the show notes to browse upcoming trainings. (laughs) Perfect. Hi. Welcome back to Out of Line. This is Annie Friday. I'm here on a special episode with my husband, Greg Friday. Greg, say hello. Hello. (laughs) And Greg's grandma. Grandma, hello. Hello. (laughs) I'm here. Yay. Um, I didn't ask for permission ahead of time, so I won't reveal your age, but teaching, this is a new skill, learning how to dial into a Zoom conference call for you. Yes, it is. And you don't (laughs) mind asking me my age. I am 92 years old (laughs) and I'm very happy with that. (laughs) 92 years old and just uh, in the last week or two took up a new hobby of yoga. That's right. That's (laughs) right. And I really enjoy it. So Awesome. Um, Well, we were just talking as we waited about all the many names that you have. So I met you as grandma and my both of my grandmothers were passed away already when I met you. But it didn't matter because I didn't have a grandma. I had a granny and a nana. So I could I still had room for a grandma. But you also have the name Gigi for great grandma for our kids who love and adore Mm -hmm. you. And Greg mentioned some other nicknames that you've gotten along the way. Yeah, yeah, we had super grandma and adventure grandma. <laughs> that's right. All that's well right. Deserved. Oh, well, that's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> Makes <So>, me happy. <laughs> grandma, on this show, we talk a lot about um, advocating for kids as, as being fully human and capable and worthy. And um, one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you was because um, one of the first things I learned about Greg was that he had never been yelled at as a child. <laughs> and that was, yeah. that was something that really blew my mind. He said, my mom, he doesn't have one single memory of his mom yelling at him. And when I inquired with his mom, she said, well, I don't have one single memory of my mom yelling at me. And I thought it takes well, a very special family to have this skill. So let's go straight to the source and talk right to adventure grandma. About oh, how do you well. do that? What, I mean, how do you raise kids without yelling at them? Well, I don't know. Maybe they just don't remember. I'm sure there's a few times that I've probably raised my voice and I shouldn't, but I don't think I ever really yelled at them. Uh, I I don't know how I did it. I just tried to talk or reason with them, I guess. And, you know, your time out or something like that. But, uh, that's about all I know is just, and they were good kids. I, I guess that's another thing. They started out that way and they were always, always good. So you do have exceptional uh, humans in your family. I will say that. Yes, I will say that too. I'm very, very blessed when it comes to that. So kids and grandkids and great grandkids are all, all special. So. Well, and I know you, you have a line you like to say they're very advanced when they're your own kids, but I, as exceptional as the humans in your family are, I don't think there's anything 
that makes them different than others who do get yelled at, except for the fact that um, you have chosen to center some really important values. And one of the values I've seen in your family over the years is um, valuing play and playful experiences. And I know even just last year, um, you were willing to put blow up moose antlers on your head and let our children fling discs <laughs> at you <laughs> to catch them on your antlers. Um, yeah. Not many children can say that their 91 year old grandma or great grandma has done that for them. <laughs> What's your willingness to keep play alive and well in your family? Yes. Well, I, I just enjoy kids. That's all. And whatever they, they like to do, I, I, if I can do it, I will. So. That's that's just me. Mm-hmm. I like that. And my husband was the same way. He adored kids. And uh, it's just sad that he can't can't know your kids because he would he would certainly enjoy that. I know. So. But well, yeah, we were, I can say as as your grandson, there were lots, lots of memories that were play was it i mean we used to come down you know every summer and spend time a week long or right. more and at, at least you yes. know and random other trips but that's all we did was play when we were there i mean play and eat yes. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so, yeah you know i that's think right that, that you know that just felt natural it felt comfortable there you know to go out in the backyard and the side yard and go down to the yeah. playground and play basketball and and you guys were yes. always a part of that too. You know, I can remember obviously with grandpa yeah. being a basketball coach, there was lots of basketball played and that was a, a big passion of mine. So that there was a lot of time there, yeah. but it was always play. It was always fun. There was never any, you know, pressure there. So. No, no. Well, he loved that and that was good. And I think when you were playing basketball as, as a high school player and at college, when you started to college, I think we missed two basketball games the whole one whole year, and that was with so much ice and snow we couldn't get there. But I don't, we always drove, and that was a good hour and thirty five forty minutes just to your house, and then wherever it was, we went. And so, how much we enjoyed, you know, watching you play, and can remember going when you. Uh, we're playing for, uh, yeah, I can't remember the name now where you went. Yeah, Whitberg, uh, yeah. And uh, so that was, that was exciting and loved every minute of that. So, mm-hmm. and of course, when, when your sister was in everything, whether she was in swimming or track or volleyball or whatever, we were, we came all the time, almost every time they came. And I, we always enjoyed when you were in the the church plays at Christmas time uh, that we came and you may have said three words, but we came to see to hear those three words, you know, and uh, just uh, all those memories of when you guys were growing up and and still think about it. So I, I'm very very lucky person today. To have uh, gotten to enjoy all that, so a lot of people don't have that. So, well, and, and, and we were... I think a lot of people don't have it, and and you 
merely made it a point to cultivate that in your family and cultivate um, and really live by your values. And so I'm sure that there were times when you wanted to get mad, but I know I've learned a lot of strategies from you over the years. Um, what were some of the ways that you, instead of yelling, like I, I know that you have talked about um, as a couple, you would you had kind of an unspoken rule and maybe you you talked about it. Uh, if you were going to fight, you'd rather walk out of the room as opposed right. to saying something you'd regret. Um, what were some of right. those strategies you used as a parent or a mom uh, instead of getting mad? Well, usually the when there was something they could not do, especially uh, Lori, Greg's sister, <laughs> she was one that had a mind of her own and Greg's she was mom. going to do something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and but we would always, you know, I give her my opinion and then wait till your dad comes home and we'll just, we'll talk about it and see what he says, which I almost always knew he was going to agree with me, but <laughs> I let her think that we, we both had our opinion and we'd talk about it many times, you know, she'd go in her room and be upset, and mad. We just let her wear it off and she'd come back in and she was okay. But she knew that we wouldn't do that. She was always unhappy uh, when she was going to do something with people that I didn't know. And I'd call the parents to find out what was going on. And I know that did not make her happy because she said, you know, every every mom doesn't call somebody to tell them, (laughs) find out what we're going to be doing. And we, Lori and I talked about that just this week about, things that that we did like that that but they always agreed when it was all said and done so and you raised your children they like and you raised your children in the 60s and 70s right and they were in their yeah. childhood and teen years what do you well, think you've noticed has changed over the years of of parenting you watch you've watched um grandkids who are now in their 20s who have been raised you've watched our kids who are so little have you noticed differences in in the life for families and, and children? Not in my not in this family. I can't I can't say enough that I just think all of you have been wonderful parents yourself, and it shows in those kids and all the all the grandkids. I think of you know, and they're all different personalities, and you learn to handle which child is you know, gets upset and which one's more calm and one that is stubborn and one that's (laughs) very congenial. So you handle them all just a little different maybe than, you know, one set rule that you have to do it this way and kind of let them be individuals and, and uh, do their thing if they can. And as long as I always thought, as long as they aren't doing something that they can get hurt at, uh, we pretty much let them do. But if they were going to be hurt or had a chance of, you know, somebody hurting them, then, no, you wouldn't, you know, let them do that. So kind of let them do. That's going to be my new parenting mantra. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, Well, I think that's a great point about like 
fairness isn't always doing the same thing for everybody, but really recognizing the individual needs. Um, right. Yeah. You know, like some they are all different. Sometimes Erica would have one ice cream sandwich and Greg would have nine. Right. Right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's one right. of my favorite. Yeah, that's was... one of my favorite stories from when my husband was little visiting you. Right. But yes, yes. <laughs> you went home yes. and your mom said, "Did you finish all of the ice cream sandwiches, or how did it go?" Yeah, we like I said when we were at my grandma's, we we played in in eight, and that was <laughs> that was the the highlight. So <laughs> there was we at one time we went to the grocery store and got a bunch of stuff for the week and. We bought a box of 12 or 24 you know, mini ice cream sandwiches and mm-hmm. <laughs> we, yeah. I ate a lot of them. I ate most of them. And when <laughs> my mom asked, them, yeah. you know, how many have you had? And I said, well, I didn't eat all of them. And, she, <laughs> and how do you know? I but said, well, there's one them. left. So. <laughs> yep. And I thought, you know, it didn't hurt you for once, you know. Yeah. It gave you a memory. So, right. And I know <laughs> that your mother has a memory of of uh, your great-grandma going there. And she was always so thrilled because she said, when I go there, I get a whole pack of, of dentine gum. <laughs> and when I'm at home, you sometimes let me have one. <laughs> but she lets me have the whole pack. And so she remembered it. She said, it didn't hurt her. She's just not here all the time. So I kind of followed that same rule, I guess. So mm-hmm. what didn't hurt her and it was a good memory. <laughs> so fun things like that. So, Well, I know that's anyway. something that is on, on the minds of a lot of parents today is how do you indulge your children without being too permissive and indulging their every whim. And, and the point that you made earlier already on this call um that I've taken from you is, is to really have actual conversations and talk to your kids. Um, you know, not just be the ruling with an iron fist, but you know, you can say no and explain why your answer is a no, and then continue the conversation. Uh, any other thoughts on that? Like, you know, were people ever going to challenging you that you were going to spoil your kids if you were too nice to them? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I remember, when I was growing up with my mother, she'd say, no, you can't go or you can't do this or whatever. And I'd say, why not? And she said, because I said so. And that would be the answer. And I thought at the time, if I ever have children, I will never do that. I want to know why I can't do it or why you think I can't do it. And so I've just always done that. If there's a reason I don't think you should do something, then I would, I would tell them you that's why you can't do it. So that was another thing that that I've always done is explain why I had that feeling that I didn't think you should do something. So right or wrong, yeah, that's how it a, was. I think as a as a kid or, you know, hearing that and, and having that conversation just goes a long way because you feel like you're part of the decision, you know, it's not just handed down to you. It's like, okay, you're probably right because of that, or that makes sense. Or, or if you don't agree, then you have, you know, don't have to agree about everything, but you know, at least you've had the conversation. So I think it's. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think in listening to kids, too many people don't listen, you know, 
let them have their say and what they think and how they feel and and then go with that but how their feelings are they have feelings too you know mm-hmm. so that's another thing i i think about young kids that and sometimes you have kids that won't say anything now dan my son he would come home from school say how was your day okay that would be it and Lori would come home she'd tell you everything that happened from the day she got <laughs> the minute she got there till she got home so they're they're just different you know so <laughs> i knew uh, everything <laughs> so do you remember your school days and do you have memories from like kindergarten in the early years when did you start school I started the school when I was five, and at that time, we did not have kindergarten. That was first grade, and I was the smallest one in the class and the youngest one in the class, and I had a really rough time. I had a a teacher that was gruff. I thought she was mean and at that age, and I'd cry every day, and they finally put me in another class with another very soft-spoken uh, teacher and I had no problem she was so sweet and I I loved school ever since then Aww. so yeah it was a strange situation so uh but well, I probably how but I think one yeah. adult can have so much power over your life when you're a kid in their classroom yes well she had this big a uh, big jaw you know like, and I, like, mean looking, you know, <laughs> she scared me, I guess. <laughs> and I don't know why, but every day, and finally, my parents went to the school and said, you know, we've got to do something. She cries every morning going to school. And uh, so they said, well, let's try this. And it worked. So that, from then on, it was fine, but I didn't... Uh, it was a great thing that they did too. So, wow. and my parents never yelled at me that I can remember. I mean, I don't ever remember them yelling at me or now my brothers, that was different. They, they <laughs> did. <laughs> but did I was you, the only girl and the baby. <laughs> so, Did you have um, schoolwork after school when you were in like first grade and second grade, those early grades, do you remember doing work at home? Uh, a little bit, not a whole lot. I don't think like it is now. I think they load kids up too much sometimes with homework and, you know, frustrated to get it done after being there all day. Uh, but we did have some, we had, uh, you know, some teachers that like to do that and others you didn't. I mean, it wasn't that much. I don't remember worrying about homework too much except math. And they had changed the way they were teaching math at that time. And I know my, my dad was uh, very good at math and even he was baffled, you know, about how they were doing this new math and so forth, but we got through it. So I guess it worked out okay. But, um, that was a challenge for a while. I chuckled because that, that's happening again. There's another, there's a new way to teach math again. And so most parents, um, of friends of mine who have kids in, in 
elementary and middle school are, are struggling with the new math again. So mm-hmm. good to know that every few years for the last hundred years or so, they've been changing right. how they teach math. <laughs> yeah, yep, that's what it was. But anyway, that's, uh, that was one thing that I do remember about that. And so we had, a you know, a lot of uh, uh, school dances and stuff later on in high school, even at, at, at noon. Uh, after you'd have cafeteria and eat your lunch and then they'd have the, the gym open with with music and the kids would all go up there, maybe dance or something or for 20 minutes and then go back to class. So oh, I love our, that. <laughs> yeah, we did. It was fun. And you were always so, a good dancer, right? You you were, that was the thing that you enjoyed doing and we're pretty Oh yeah, I used to jitterbug and I had one, one guy that was really a good dancer and he was our my partner most of the time. So, yeah, we we did a lot of jitterbugging <laughs> in that day. So, that's maybe that's yeah. what teachers need. They need to teach kids how to jitterbug. So instead of punishing them by removing recess, they can just add jitterbugging in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can dance and yeah, go dance. Dance it out. Well, folks. I think yeah, <laughs> I think it kept all the kids together, and they all went to the auditorium and. Or yeah, the gym and and they had you know a record player or whatever they had at the time and and uh, a lot of the girls danced with girls. I mean they just had something to do, you know, so mm. keep them occupied. I guess so it was time for class. So wow. yeah, don't well, know any. Um, we'll we'll close up the conversation pretty soon here, but I'm curious if that you have any favorite play memories. Um, with your family, whether it was your kids, your grandkids, your great grandkids, um, that stand out to you over the years of, of really fun moments of play and and keeping things light in in hard times or whatever, getting through life by playing. Well, I still remember the the reindeer things on my head, and I thought that was <laughs> fun. <laughs> That's a memory. <laughs> oh, and then I played ball with. Peter, a couple years ago, I guess, or he was tossing the the ball back and forth, and I thought, well, that was that was fun. So, yeah, again, uh, not many kids can say that they've played catch with their ninety year old grandmother, great grandmother. <laughs> yeah. Well, that him. was fun, but I remember that. So, uh, I don't know, just just a lot of a lot of things and. It'd been since last birthday when I got to come out there for I think it was what his seventh birthday that we had so much fun decorating his the table and hanging things from the lights and all that and that was a fun time. And you surprised him. So. He was very surprised. Yeah. Yes, yes, I remember yeah, that. I remember yeah. the look on his face when he came in and saw you and and his grandma standing there. <laughs> yeah, he was so confused. How'd you get like, here? Yeah, how'd you get what here? What are you doing here? <laughs> yeah, how'd you get here? I guess that is what he said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, that was yeah. that was a lot of fun. Yeah. So, and then remember going out to Jackson Hole to when he was, what, three weeks old or something, to see him when Vincent was born. So that was had a good time then, enjoyed that. So Yeah, it's fun. 
Well, so, whether we call of, you adventure grandma or super grandma or grandma or Gigi, you are an amazing grandmother presence to all of us. And your playful spirit has been such a, a gift to us to remember to laugh and giggle and play. And you're never too old to do any of that stuff and, and take kids seriously and, and have conversations with them and trust their opinion. I think yeah. I'm walking away yeah. with a lot of nuggets of wisdom from this conversation. <laughs> I, oh, I well, good. Well. well, that's good to know. So, mm-hmm. well, I well, am who I am and I can't change now. So <laughs> We love it. We mm-hmm. love you for Well, you can't change because you're starting to do yoga. So, you know, I guess there's always, always something new on the horizon. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. So, yeah, and I've met a lot of a very nice, neat people. And there's a lady that goes, it is 99 years old that's oh, in wow. our class. Yeah. So, so you're the spring chicken. There we go. <laughs> yeah. So uh, keep kicking. He is right. So that's good. Keep kicking spring chicken. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, grandma. Well, thank you for figuring out how to call in on zoom. We know it's not easy. Even we struggle. Okay. With it. It's not an age thing. Um, and we okay. thank you well, for I... taking time to talk to us today. Okay. Well, thank you. I had a, a good time doing it. So <laughs> talk to you later then. Okay. Bye, right. grandma. Bye grandma. Okay. Bye-bye. It's time to become a member of Playvolution HQ and Explorations Early Learning. There's a free option and three paid patron-level options. All come with free stuff and ongoing automatic training and merch discounts. For as little as a dollar a month, you can become a patron. That supports our work, and you get premium stuff like early access to fresh podcast episodes. Go to explorationsearlylearning.com slash membership or click the link in this episode's description to learn more. All the cool listeners are doing it. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.